All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, this is a second episode of um, our podcast with Opportunities for Youth. My name is Melody Alotu. I am a um, social work intern at um, Opportunities for Youth. Um, I've been starting, I've been with Opportunities for Youth since January, um, and it's been a great, great opportunity, you know, to work with this amazing agency. Um, so on, on this episode, we're going to be speaking about refugee youth, um, you know, in the community, and just, you know, the things that they face in regards to COVID-19. Um, and because I am a social work major, um, I'm going to kind of go in the direction of, um, you know, ways to work with them and, you know, ways to be culturally um, competent, you know, culturally grounded in working with them and, um, you know, areas that we can improve as social workers um, and just, you know, a working profession and helping profession in general. Um, so yeah, so today we do have Marian. Um, she was with us last time. Um, so yeah, uh, Marian, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Marian Lopez Romo, and I am the Community Engagement Specialist for Opportunities for Youth. I am also a student attending Arizona State University. I am majoring in criminology and criminal justice and minoring in transborder studies and social welfare. And I'm very excited to be here with you all again. And let's introduce our guest speakers. Um, Sandra, do you wanna go first? Hi, um, my name is uh, Sandra. Um, I'm originally from Bosnia and I went through the CPLC program. And I, I'm also an intern at um, Baltu Technologies right now that I got through um, my program. Um, and if you guys wanna ask me any questions about where I'm from or um, what I do for a living, um, just let me know later on in the podcast. Definitely. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. Um, and Aubrey, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself as well? Sure. Um, well, first, thanks for having me on. My name is Aubrey Held. I work at Chicanos for La Causa, and I help run our youth refugee mentoring program. Our program goals are to promote positive civic and social engagement and support each client's educational and vocational goals. Um, the refugee program is open to clients between 16 and 24, and that have been in the United States five years or less. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much yeah. again for introducing yourselves, Aubrey and Sandra. Um, so yeah, we can just, you know, start our discussion. Um, so I guess the first question that, you know, we want to kind of delve into, um, is, you know, who is a refugee? Um, you know, obviously some people may not understand exactly what a refugee entails. So we want to get the definition out there and get people to understand, you know, um, where we're coming from. So Aubrey, do you want to kind of give a, you know, a broad, you know, basic kind of definition of who a refugee is? Sure. Uh, so by definition, a person is a refugee if the person is outside his or her country of nationality who is unable or unwilling to return to that country because of persecution or a well-founded fear of persecution. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for that definition. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, when I was doing my research um, on, you know, refugee populations, um, I think there's kind of like, for me, you know, specifically, I was, I think I was trying to understand, you know, like um, immigration policies and like refugee policies and how, you know, sometimes that can be like not interchangeable, but um, it can be confusing, you know, but these are, you know, kind of two different populations, um, you know, that experience different things, some of the same things, but also some um, different things. So again, thank you so much for that, um, that definition. Um, so yeah. 
um, Aubrey, uh, sorry, Marianne, do you want to go ahead and hear? hear yeah, um, Aubrey, um, I wanted to know, um, would you like to share with us um, what made you want to work with this population and what some approaches are that you've been that you've taken to working with this population? Uh, yeah, so um, growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something to help people. Um, initially, when I was in school, I majored in nursing for three years. I hated it. It was not for me. Um, so I was volunteering at a hospital. And then I noticed um, at the Phoenix Children's Hospital that there was a whole nonprofit sector. The whole hospital was nonprofit. And so um, I volunteered there in that department. And then I then learned about the major ASU nonprofit leadership and management. And so then I went back to school for that. And um, I knew people from working at other nonprofits that kind of got me this job. Um, this is the first time I had ever worked with uh, refugees. And so there was a lot for me to learn. Um, a lot of people, including myself, I didn't know the difference between an immigrant and an asylee and a refugee. And so right away, I dove deep and I took a refugee 101 course that was hosted by Catholic Charities. Um, these trainings pre-COVID, they were available to the whole community. Everyone would go and learn the process. Uh, what is a refugee? Um, what's the resettlement agencies? What's the process of getting them here into the United States? Um, you know, it's just like a really in-depth conversation. And from there, I'm constantly attending different workshops that are offered by the resettlement agencies. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for that again. Um, I think you talked about like, after, you know, you've done all your work and everything, you still go back and do training, you know, in order to stay, you know, competent. And I think that's necessary in the working profession because um, sometimes we go into things, you know, maybe thinking that, oh yeah, we know everything, you know, and then we're faced with a bunch of different, um, you know, ways of life and um, a bunch of different, um, you know, ideas that we kind of have to go back and like take a step and like learn and be completely, you know, culturally competent. Obviously we're not going to know everything, um, but training is, is definitely good. Um, training is def definitely necessary. So thank you. Thank you again um, for that. Um, so yeah, based on the research that I've done as a social work intern, um, I found that, um, you know, working with refu the refugee population, um, solutions focused approaches or interventions um, are best, you know, for working with them. Um, so work um, while working, you know, with the refugee um, youth, how have you been able to cope, um, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic or how have you been able to find resources, you know, to be able to help them, um, you know, be their best selves and to stay, you know, on top of, of everything? Um, so even pre-COVID, the majority of our clients, they're youth. So they communicated with us over their cell phone texting, uh, the WhatsApp app, um, mm -hmm even social media. So that part, um, the communicating didn't change much because um, we didn't see them in person very much prior to COVID. Um, but what did change is so many of our clients that worked in the hospitality industry, even Sandra herself, um, you know, they were just, they were stuck. They needed a new job. They needed uh, resume building. And um, so with that, with COVID-19, um, we even had some clients that needed rental assistance. And so um, there were so many different programs and funds within the community. We were constantly all working together. We had weekly, sometimes more than one meeting a week with different uh, refugee communities. And 
we would help our clients on a one-by-one basis, whether that be getting them a job, getting them back in school because they had this time on their hands. Um, But COVID-19, the the most part that it affected us was just um, not having the ability to outreach to new clients because prior we were always in the community and, you know, trying to get youth to join our program, but that's a barrier we did face. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, Thank you for that. I think when we spoke the first time, you know, we kind of talked about, um, you know, limitations and barriers to like finding jobs, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, um, you know, I think you spoke about like, like cable, like even, um, I think it was like, I think you said um, Cox, like Cox Network, um, they gave like, um, vouchers, you know, to, um, families that, um, you know, refugee families that had come. Um, so yeah. And I think you guys are doing an amazing, amazing job, um, amazing work at Chicana Sparkasa and, um, and yeah, yeah. Thank you again for, for, for that. (laughs) Thanks. Um, so Sandra, do you want to, um, kind of, you know, delve into, you know, you know, your life just, you know, you can kind of just, you know, give, give, um, anything that you want to give. I don't want to give you a a box, but, you know, um, just, you know, how you've handled COVID-19 and just how you've handled, you know, life, you know, in your position, you know, you can, you can go ahead. Well, luckily, um, after I lost my job, because I was working in the hospitality industry and about 1200 workers were laid off during that time. So I was looking for a position. I posted on my Instagram because I was very desperate to find anything and um, luckily Aubrey messaged me and she was like hey I have this program she wasn't sure if I was eligible yet but um, I was actually looking into coding and figuring out you know my career and what I wanted to do I knew I didn't want to just go into a position or a job and not really have like a path for myself um, and that was one thing I, I was interested in. And she told me about a program called Codify. And since then, I started on the program like right away. I was on unemployment, luckily, um, through the program. So I was able to, you know, pay my bills, do all of that. And they also helped me, you know, um, with work experience, um, understanding how to like communicate and talk to, you know, your coworkers. They had multiple programs, different meetings to help us out in that way. And they were uh, amazing mentors. If like you were struggling with something, like they would come and talk to you, have a conversation with you and help you figure out like what you need to do to become successful. And after the internship, I was lucky enough to get into, uh, sorry, not internship, after the program, I got into an internship um, with a startup company, and I've been um, doing that, and I also got it extended, so I'm able to still stay in my internship until I find a position, which is really good for me right now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that is, that is amazing. Um, you know, the opportunities that you found, you know, within, you know, um, CPLC um, and, you know, you have, you know, people that you can, you can reach out to like Aubrey um, that can find, um, you know, resources for you, you know, and especially yeah. this time it's, it's not easy on, on any of us. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's an amazing thing that you have, you know, that you, you can reach out to people um, in that, in that sector. 
Um, that is um, like another one of the COVID-19 things to help um, broaden the people we could help is um, our funders through the state lifted the five years or less to qualify for our program, which is how Sandra qualified. Um, she, you know, essentially had no job, um, you know, so because of this and COVID, we were able to help her. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, Marianne, do you want to kind of just go into, you know, like, you know, just the mental health sector, the mental health side of, you know, um, refugee youth and how they kind of deal with that um, based off, off of the research um, that we we kind of both did. Um, yeah, so um, refugees experience um, many difficult and traumatic events on their journey over. And as I've read, as we've read and as we've heard, um, the struggles don't just stop there. Once they get to their destination, they still go through some hardships. And due to all the trauma they encounter, their mental health is very much affected. What are some things you and your team do in order for refugee youth to cope with this matter? Um, so the whole entire CPLC workforce team and myself attended a two-day trauma training. And so with this, we became very familiar with trauma, um, signs of someone dealing with trauma, what to do. Um, I personally would have not encountered something like this in my program. Um, if I did, I am personally, like, I'm not a medical professional, so I would just um, refer them to get the proper help. Um, the most uh, signs of trauma or even just hardship that our clients face are finding a job because, um, you know, they have to pay their bills. Otherwise they're going to get evicted. They don't have family here, um, not knowing English. And so being very limited on where they can work. Um, there has been one circumstance where a client of ours, um, you know, she wasn't getting treated right in the work field, but immediately like we step in and we're their voice, you know, we tell them, Hey, this treatment's not okay. Um, we help them. But in regards to like heavy, heavy trauma, um, it takes, in my experience, a lot of trust and to a very long time to build a relationship with our clients before they even open up about their past. Um, you know, it's, it's really difficult. My coworker that works with me, um, we're the same position. He was in a refugee camp. Um, oftentimes they go from one camp to another camp and then they get resettled in America. And so he was there for 12 years and it's just, it's, it's just unfathomable to know what they're going through. And when they do open up and tell you their story, um, depending on what their actions are currently, you just, you just listen, you know, unless they're asking for help. Yeah, I can imagine, um, like how hard it is, how hard it should be to open up to someone, especially people you've never met before, from a place you're not from, where things can be like culturally different. Like, I can, I get that. I can understand that it can be really difficult for someone to open up um, like that. And it can take a long time to do so as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, from both of your perspectives, so this question is for both of you, what are some ways in which refugees can experience social inclusion? 
Um, for me, I think honestly is to, you know, get out there and network for yourself and go into meetups, you know, there's a bunch of different meetups that you can join that, you know, are that have people that are going through the same thing as you. And you just have to find your, your niche and like what you want to do, show what your, your interests are, you know, become friends with new people and, you know, be, just be open because eventually you'll feel a lot better once you have someone that you can talk to about those issues. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, for us, it's a case by case, you know, just seeing what do our clients need? Um, what are their goals and being their voice and providing them with opportunities that they were having a hard time getting. Um, the whole purpose of our program is to improve our clients' lives by providing them with opportunities. So every day, I feel like that's what we're doing is helping social inclusion. So they're they're, they are provided the same opportunities that, you know, most Americans are born with. Definitely. Um, I think when you were speaking about, and just kind of like to go back to like the mental health aspect of it, um, I think like advocacy, um, you know, in terms of, you know, speaking up and being a voice for people, you know, who are, who have come to, you know, a, a completely new culture, um, a completely new environment, um, you know, and, and to be able to have people on their side, you know, to, to defend them um, and to speak for them when, in areas that they can't speak for themselves. Um, and also, like Sandra said, like, um, you know, going out there and being, you know, open and, and, and finding your, your niche and finding your area, that's also self-advocacy because we're, you know, our, our biggest um, advocates, you know, so to find, um, you know, the voice to, to go out and speak, um, you know, to defend yourself. Um, also like um, I was doing, you know, some research and um, I think one of the articles that I had read was, you know, was speaking about like the trauma that's experienced, um, you know, during like resettlement and also like um, just like the mig migration area. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things, you know, that, that um, they experience finding themselves in areas where they're like, okay, this could, this should have been better. You know, this is, this should have been better than what I was expecting, you know? Um, yeah. So to have agencies like CPLC to, you know, find um, resources and to find um, things to, to just broaden their experience and to change their experience, you know, um, it's, it's great. Um, so Sandra, do you kind of want to, because I think you mentioned, you know, you came from Bosnia when you were, you know, pretty young. Um, so do you want to kind of give your, just uh, yeah. kind of like an idea, you know, of, of what it was like? Yeah, I can give you a perspective of my parents' side of things. Um, so when the war was happening, it was the Bosnian war um, between Muslims and Christians. And there was a lot, a lot of genocide and a lot of things happening on that side. Bombings, shootings, like buildings were destroyed. And my mom had to leave her city, her town, her home because she had, it like was completely destroyed. My dad was in the war fighting and she was taking care of me and my sister at the time. I was six months old and she was about 12, I believe. Um, and 
it was very difficult. Like there were times when she didn't have food, we didn't have anything to eat. And we were very lucky that we got through and we got into a refugee program and we were able to um, immigrate over here to the US. Once we did, it was very difficult. Um, my mom had to find a church to live in because we didn't have money to live in an apartment. We were homeless for, I think, a couple of years. And then um, my friend, uh, my mom's friend, she helped us and she brought us in. And eventually, like, we settled in and my mom found a job through this church, through the refugee program that she was in. And she was able to get the caregiving certification. And now on my side, I'm able to do the same thing. So it's really helpful that there are these programs because I don't think that my mom would have been able to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that is, that's, that's amazing, you know, that you've, you, you've, kind of overcome, you know, all the, the barriers and, you know, you're doing amazing things, you know, in terms of like your internship, you know, um, and, and you've kept on, you know, you've, you've kept on and you've kept on and you've kept on. And that's, that's an amazing, um, thing to take away from this, um, for anybody, you know, um, that some of us, you know, we have the privileges of having access to things, you know, so, so it's, it's great. It's great. Um, thank you again for, for sharing that. Um, so yeah, we're we're kind of you know at the end of this, um, but we do you, do you guys want to you know kind of give anything else you know share any more perspectives in terms of um, the refugee um, program at CPLC or just you know your story, Sandra? Anything? Um, I just want to say that you know there are so many um, options in this program for um, different career paths, and it's honestly worth it if if you get an opportunity like this please take it and take it seriously because there are a lot of people that don't get this opportunity and um, they do help you out a lot and mentor you. And all of the people that work in, at CPLC actually care about you and, you know, they check in on you and they help you out. And there's so many more opportunities even after the program. So just know that you have people that care about you. Definitely, definitely. Um, I kind of wanted to add something else as well, um, just like from the social work aspect of things, um, you know, just to be like, in terms of interventions and just in terms of like um, approaches, um, what I did, the research that I did, um, you know, stated that solutions, solution focused interventions are the best, you know, in terms of um, bringing out the best and bringing out the things that, that, um, you know, our clients do have, you know, within themselves. Um, cause you know, we're, we advocate for them. We don't, um, advise them or so you should do this, you should do that. Um, but you know, we work together with the client and let them know that, okay, I'm here to support you. I'm here to bring out the things that you already have, you know, in you and, um, you know, kind of broaden them and help you, um, work on them so that moving forward, um, you know, cause our, our goal as social workers is to, this is going to kind of sound weird, but to, for us to kind of like sever the tie between like, um, client and, and social worker, because we want them to be able to have the resources and the tools to do these things themselves. You know, we don't want them to be clients forever, you know, so it's like, there's going to have to be termination. So within that, like 
intervention and like therapy and like sessions, um, you know, our goal is to highlight like areas where um, like the client is bringing to us, you know, the client is bringing to us and we work with them and find, you know, this is what you're good at. This is where, um, you know, we want to get to our goals. We, we line them up and say, okay, how can we work together to meet this goal? How can we work together to, um, you know, move from point A to point B? Um, so yeah, that's kind of just what I wanted to add in terms of like, I don't want to social work everything, but, um, but yeah, this is just kind of this, that's the research that I did. Um, so yeah. Um, do you want to add anything, Aubrey? Um, yeah, so even aside from our refugee program, um, we dive so much deeper. Um, if our clients, like their mom is needing help or their friend and they're not a refugee, uh, CPLC is such a huge organization. Like we have different resources to help. We have an engagement center that's open for everybody, um, any age. Uh, if you don't have to be a refugee, um, we just, we help everybody. We have like housing, um, jobs, virtual, um, you know, job fairs, uh, you know, everything. CPLC during the COVID, so many businesses were affected, but CPLC, the workforce department grew, we're thriving. Um, we are just there. We're like bridging those gaps between people not knowing what to do and how to help themselves. And we're here and we're helping. And um, you know, we genuinely care. So I just think it's important that people know that even if you don't qualify for the refugee program, there are other programs and we can help you, whether that be, you know, you're 40 years old and you need to get your GED, um, you know, call us, reach out to someone. Everyone's so nice and we would point you in the right direction. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> Thank you. Um, for sure. Um, even when I, um, first, you know, met with Aubrey, she was really welcoming. And um, I think that's that she kind of put on the face of like CPLC and, you know, what they do and how they treat their clients, um, you know, just even between like us as just like workers, um, you know, she put forth, um, you know, just like strength and like she put forth like um a personality that like I could easily speak to her you know we were we were able to like speak the first time and and I was able to you know understand a lot about the refugee um you know community at, at CPLC um so yeah uh, thank you again for that a heavy topic too <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was you know um but yeah I I got a lot from it um even outside of like the fact that it was for my internship I I learned a lot um and I you know I think we, we, we did speak about like a training you know that was that um you know people have to go through in order to work with this population. So if anybody, you know, wants to work and I'm just kind of putting this out there. So if you want to work, you know, with CPLC, um, they do um, have like a training that, you know, that, that they do. If you want to kind of open up about that, Aubrey. Um, yeah. So we did a, the refugee one-on-one training. So once I attended that training at Catholic Charities, um, I then wanted to teach that training. And so um, I joined that board and uh, before COVID happened, we did host one event at CPLC and it's open to everyone. It's free. Um, you just, you wouldn't believe how many people don't understand um, just who a refugee is. Um, you know, are they paying taxes? Is it coming out of your taxes? Um, just so many general questions. And um, I think it's important everyone, you know, do this virtual event, even if it's virtual. Um, it's very informative. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, thank you again. Sanji, did you want to say something? I said I'm definitely interested, so just let me know. <laughs>
yeah. Um, and did you want to add anything, Marian? I think um, you have have a few minutes here. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add that it's nice that there are so many opportunities for people out there. And it's good to spread the word because a lot of people out there that might need help don't know of these resources. So it's really good to um, spread the word and keep people informed. And I want to thank you guys for being here with us. And um, I want to thank everyone who's watching. And don't forget to follow us on Opportunities for Youth on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Op4YouthAZ. And listeners, don't forget to follow Chicanos por la Causa on their social media platforms. It's CPLC Works on Instagram. They're constantly posting new job listings, opportunities, trainings daily. It's a, a really good IG handle to follow. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it was a great conversation, great discussion. Um, so like Marianne said, you can follow us on all our social media platforms. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be back next. Um, I think maybe in the next two months for another episode, you know, um, so stay tuned for that. And yeah, thank you guys so much. You have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>